Hello, this is Jamie. And this is Heather. And welcome to Using Our Inside Voice, a podcast where we awaken to the extraordinary meaning of everyday mundane life by passing it through a particle collider of different and differing perspectives. Today we're talking about past lives. (laughs) That's been coming up a lot. Well, you know, let's just keep the ball rolling, shall we? We we hit on it a little bit last time, but... Yeah. I mean, I we've been bringing it up off and on, I think, since we started the podcast, but it's definitely one of those subjects that you could just keep talking forever. I mean, it's seriously, vast, if we yeah. wanted to, it we, we could just do an entire podcast on nothing but past lives. True. <laughs> True. I mean, I think between the experience that you have actually facilitating mm-hmm. and you know, all, all the clients that, that you've had and all the experiences that, that you've had during and after, and certainly all the experiences that I've had actually going through past lives, you know, myself uh, with your help and, you know, by doing my own meditations, it's, it's just an incredible world to explore. And there are so many lessons there. So many. Right. And I feel like we're really getting at a point now where I can finally see all of those little pieces kind of starting to to flow back together in a really unique way. And so, and I know it's been coming up for a lot of people too. I mean, I know that we both get asked all the time about, you know, what that experience is like and you know, if, is it going to be beneficial? I think a lot of people have questions about it. I think a lot of people are still probably those people that are, are really new to the path and, and are just starting to dip their toe into, you know, various, uh, you know, pots of spirituality and, and what that made whole for them that this is definitely a question that comes up a lot. And, um, definitely something that people want to explore. So I think it's it's a um, cool subject. It's a cool subject, but I think it's one of those subjects. It's it's just like ghosts and experiencing paranormal activity. If you are the type of person who's been curious all your life, like I was curious all my life about hauntings and ESP and psychic phenomenon and all that stuff, um, but I didn't really experience it. At least I was unaware if I had experienced anything. And so when we first started ghost hunting, it felt very elusive. It felt like we were going to have to get, you know, uh, double-digit investigations under our belt before we really experienced anything. And then before we even started, here comes Jamie tromping through the Queen Mary, takes a quick picture, takes a little EVP, and all of a sudden we've got a amazing piece of ghost evidence and an amazing class A EVP. And suddenly it's like the world is opening up to you saying it's not as elusive as you think. And your experience with now, granted, you are a bit of an anomaly when it comes to (laughs) spiritual. Am I really though? Am I really? really I I don't feel like I am. Well, that's because you're you. Um, But the truth of the matter is, is that most people, I think the majority of people, especially people who are newly awakening, do not go through their lives having a heavy-duty um, psychic childhood to the point where they're afraid to be themselves in front of other people. Sure. I think that certainly there's a, gr- a good group of people out there who had that experience, but I don't think that the majority of people listening to us today uh, are going to be aware of their own psychic capabilities. I think that the majority of people out there are unawakened, quite unawakened, to the point where they think only psychics are psychic and they'll never be a psychic. You know what I mean? All of those myths mm-hmm. that we started dispelling for ourselves when we began this journey. Um, and I think past lives comes into that as well. Like people who have experienced past lives are really up there or out there. I don't think that the regular people, and I think that maybe it's it's easier for people to believe that they can experience their past lives, um, at least in terms of pursuing a session. But I don't know that it's easier for them once they actually are in the session and believing what they're saying. 
Okay. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah, no, I'll definitely give you that. But I think that as far as like all the different areas that you can dip your toe in as far as spirituality is concerned, and especially when it comes to that kind of starting to bridge the outer edges of that box that a lot of us initially have as we're growing up, that something like a past life or reincarnation or you know because it's they're they're kind of in the same pocket that that's not quite as far-fetched maybe as some other subjects that we tend to approach when when we start going through this process so i think it's maybe a, a, a little easier for people to kind of wrap their heads around that oh that might be a thing i feel like people, i don't for like, me for me personally and this is just I understand this is just where I was at, but stepping into the pots of spirituality, as you put it, um, ghosts seemed the most accessible mm-hmm. because there were stories of hauntings sure. everywhere. What seemed unaccessible sure. was the locations. Like, how can I get into a location that's haunted? I need to be in a location. And what we discovered was, okay, pretty much everything is haunted. <laughs> it's yeah. just a question of tuning into. Um as far as past lives went, that felt a little less accessible only because I had a belief that you couldn't just go online and listen to a meditation and discover that stuff, even though I had already had my own experiences tapping into past lives, dipping a toe into each past life. And maybe there were like uh, four or five that I had memories from that felt very potent and strong. But mm-hmm. in terms of actually having a session done, like I felt like the proper way to access your past lives is to have a session. Sessions are expensive. This is what needs to happen. You know what I mean? There was a protocol mm-hmm. that went along with it sure. that sort of legitimized it. And as long as sure. you are looking at legitimizing your spirituality, you're going to find yourself in a bit of trouble. You're going to have issues with that because – the whole point of the spiritual awakening is to release and surrender the idea of needing to legitimize it, which sounds so backwards to us when we're newly coming into this. We want proof. We want, we want what you had when you did your online YouTube meditation, um, where you went in and you, a past you told present you about the other past yous, gave you names and dates, and then you went and looked them up and, oh, look, here's this person. You know, it's not like that for everybody. Well, that, that will, that I will admit, that was a, (laughs) that was a huge shock even to me Mm -hmm. because I, I, I mean, and, and, and it's a short meditation. It was a short meditation. I really wasn't expecting much out of it. It was just one of those things where it was like, well, you know, I'm doing all these other meditations. Let's give this one a go and see how it works. And I did. And I wasn't expecting to get it. But that's just it. I was expecting to get nothing. I had zero expectations. I had zero things standing in my way. I, I, Nothing I to had- lose nothing to lose and I had nothing that I was searching for in particular it was at the time it was simply just another meditation to me and the fact that it rendered so much I was a little dumbfounded I was a lot dumbfounded and then (laughs) I immediately put my genealogy tools to work and went, okay, let's see if this exists. And then it did. But here's the other thing. Like, as we were posting the post, this is this is the other thing about, like, timing. Of course, that meditation came up at a time when I was being very um, consistent about things like meditation. And I was already on the path of doing certain work. And I was trying to let go of expectations and the information came through very easily afterwards. But in like the past couple of days when, when we were putting like our, our recent uh, post together and things like that, trying to find that information again, it's not as easy to access now as it was back then. Mm-hmm. Because 
I already got the information that I needed and Mm -hmm. I've already worked on it, worked through it, and I'm on the other side of it. So that's the other kind of thing that I think that I wanted to, um, to kind of touch on is, is the, the timing of these sort of things when those kind of urges to do a particular thing come up for you know that you're in the pocket of something when when all of a sudden you're getting the like you know the light bulb comes on and you're like oh, i want to go do this thing and you have that like huge tug to do it like right now <laughs> like i want to do it right now um you know you you don't always have to do it right now but if you're really feeling called to it in that moment and you really feel ready to receive whatever it is that you can receive know that that information is going to make its way to you in a really big way. Like usually if yeah. you are, if you're open to it and you're ready and the, the, you know, the coast is clear, the runway is open and you are ready to like fly on in there and land. It's going to come through in a big way. And it totally did for me at that point, because again, I, I was open. I was ready. I had no expectations, but I was completely open to receiving whatever was going to come in. And so it was like here, boom, 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 and boom. I think I found all of that information in maybe the matter of 24 hours that, that all of that opened up to me. And I had a whole, a whole menu of options to me at that point for where to go from there it's like you know it was all up to me and how I wanted to start unraveling those pieces um but you know definitely know that there is there's something to it when you get that that extra bit of drive that extra bit of spark that there's there's something there there's a you've you've you know well, it's a like portal opening energy and frequency yeah and, and yeah i mean what you're talking about is inspiration you're in a so sweet spot yeah you're completely you're getting inspiration because a portal has opened you have aligned with something and now you have created a corridor for that information to come through with little to no resistance whether mm-hmm. it is writing a book or trying something new in your life, whatever you're feeling very motivated to do, whatever you feel that sudden heat of passion about, when you feel that inspiration, guaranteed it will not last. It may come back to you. You may realign with it at a future date. But if you hesitate, you will, I mean, the door does not just lock into place and stay open most times. Most times no, you're it's- riding a wave. Yeah, well, yeah, and and <laughs> if you think about it as like a, you know, <laughs> the image that comes to mind is birth control. You know, the compacts of birth control. So you like yeah. have to dial them into the right day and you only get the pill sure. for that day. It's like that. The dial is going to keep moving. Yeah. And it's going regard, you know, depending on what you're talking about or what you're experiencing, it might move at different rates of speed and stay open for longer than say some other portals, but everything's coming through a portal and it really kind of, do you really want to take the chance that that portal is going to close? You know, sometimes you kind of do. Sometimes the risk is too big. Sometimes it feels too intimidating, feels like you're too dependent on it and you just don't feel safe to do it. But And there's no judgment around that, but you know, it's, and what's meant for you will come back round, but it's it's just one of those things where, you're, where you know, if you're in that spot where you're like, I don't mm-hmm. know, should I or shouldn't I? Should I or shouldn't I? If you're really feeling that pull towards it, go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and know, if, it's like if it's you are at a point, if you're at a point where you aren't sure if you're really feeling the pull, you know, where you're kind of in that space where you can't tell if it's your mind talking or your heart, and it may be your mind, and your mind is saying, well, you really should go do this. What you can rely on is that if the portal's not in total utter alignment for what you thought you would be getting out of it, you will get what you needed. It is like knocking on the door. So if that portal was not in alignment when you actually tried to go through the door and you kind of got blocked a little bit, 
give it a little bit of time. Give yourself some time to process what you've experienced, whether it's trying a meditation online or coming to a facilitator like me to have it done in person or, you know, having it facilitated online. However you decide to do it, whatever you feel is right for you, allow yourself to have whatever experience is meant for you. As difficult as that freaking is, it's so hard. And know that it is different every single time. Every single time it is going to be different. I have lost count of how many sessions I have had, both facilitated by myself through some sort of meditation or facilitated through Heather. I, I have done this countless times now. But I will tell you that each and every time I have gotten some sort of information that I needed and it, it has no harm has ever come from it. I have never once felt unsafe by anything that has been stirred up. I have felt incredibly curious or puzzled or, you know, um, surprised shocked okay so (laughs) let me ask you let me ask you some questions though as someone who has experienced multiple regressions when you find yourself in a position uh where you feel threatened in the lifetime you're experiencing what's it like to experience that in a regression can you remember what it's like um a little bit it's it's always very interesting because um you know again i think a lot of people have have you know different ideas of what this is going to be like depending on you know where they where they've had their information from where where's your information coming from have you you know seen something on tv have you watched sessions online you mean have you read you mean about your information about what a regression is like exactly what the experience exactly. should be like quote should be like should be right. like okay exactly right, right, know, right it's like is it something you saw on a tv show is it something you saw in a movie is it something you heard on you know a, a podcast or a radio show of some sort did you read it in a book um you know did somebody else go through it and and tell you their experience know that it's going to be whatever you have is going to be unique to you but what I will say from my experiences, especially being facilitated by you, is that um, you are very much, I think the word, I, I, I want to use the word present, but I think I would rather use the word available. You are very available to the experience while you're in it, meaning yeah. whatever is happening you are both there and experiencing it as well as being aware that you are also somewhere safe and not experiencing it firsthand. There is always a little something in your, the back of your mind that is, you know, that, that little thread is kind of, you know, grounding you going, Whatever you're seeing right now, whatever is happening, you're okay. Even if you start feeling into the emotion of what's happening, like I I know that I have had times when I have really gotten caught up in the emotion of what's happening and I'm crying and, you know, ugly tears, chest heaving. (laughs) you know snot running down my face (laughs) you know that or or feeling because I'm I'm also an an you know an empath and so you know that feeling of how something is is happening so that's that's you but that's normal for me that's normal for me when I'm just out in the world you know experiencing the way somebody died if I'm when I'm paranormal investigating I feel that as well. You know, if somebody got stabbed in the chest, I'm feeling the chest pain. If, you know, if they got hit in the back of the head, the back of my head starts hurting. I'm experiencing those sort of things too, but I'm, I'm also detached enough to know that I'm not in danger. 
So although you might experience those things, and I think that's also, you know, if, if you are concerned about that in particular, then I think it is a really good uh, decision to go with a facilitator that you feel very comfortable with, because they are also going to be very well versed in how to guide you through that and how to comfort you in that case and how to move you out of that space if they see that you're becoming too attached to that particular moment and do it in a way that um, is comfortable and uh, will will continue the session mm-hmm. instead of kind of bringing you to a dead stop. Right. It won't disrupt the flow. It'll just, you know, first you create a buffer between the person in that situation and then you slowly move them away from it and allow them to acclimate. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> it went away. Um, but I, I like, I hope that answered the question. I think that yeah, answered oh, the question. question, right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the, the lifetime, can I share? Because it's your life. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't sure. want to overstep my bounds, but the Arizona life, or not the Arizona life, but the the cowboy, the gambling cowboy. Remember oh, him? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I was kind of, yeah, was I was kind one. of curious about him in particular. Yeah, because you you got deep into that life. So in that in this particular life, Jamie experienced a lifetime as a male uh, who had gone into a saloon, I believe, Old West. Yeah type saloon and um you ended up getting uh mugged outside for the money that you won yeah i believe i was like a um i was like a like a pony express writer type of situation okay that's carrying something Mm -hmm. i was carrying something important i don't know if it was i can't remember if it was mail or money or but it was something where i was in charge of something and I was carrying it on my person and I had stopped at a saloon and I think I had gotten caught up in a gambling game or something and had been drinking and had, had, yeah, had basically been jumped outside the saloon. Right. And kind of, and, and I mean, you went, my, my arse handed went, to me. You did. Yeah. And you went pretty into, um, into the beating as it were. Yeah. Um, but the focus was always on the emotional aspect, the sense of shame that came with failing at your job, the, you know, and, and that kind of thing. But do you remember what it was like experiencing that life and that, that particular part of that life, the beating itself? Do you remember what it was like to experience the physical aspect of that? Did you feel it in your body? Yeah, I did in particular for that one. Um, and there were a couple of that that touched on the same thing, but I think that was the first one that I went through that touched on. I, it's very interesting. I have a particular spot in the back of my head on the left side of my skull, a lower part of my skull where I will occasionally feel a knot and it'll hurt. And I expressly remembered feeling somebody take a heavy bottle and club me on the back of the head right in that spot and it was like oh that's where that came <laughs> from dang <laughs> and i remember like when that happened the conscious part of me of what was going on there and what i was experiencing and what i was seeing the part of me that's in the here and now was fascinated that like oh crap <laughs> Are you kidding? Like, that's when that happened. Wow. You know, like, there's part of you that is, if, if you are allowing it, there is part of you that can be watching this like it's happening on a screen. And you're just going, wow, that is something. Like, I can't (laughs) believe that that's a thing that's happening. You know, and again, if you're allowing it. If you're just going with the flow and letting whatever happened happen, because you have no, unless you are 
forcing it on yourself because you feel it has to go a certain way or you're trying to get a particular kind of information out of it if you're just in the moment and letting it happen all sorts of like this was this was something that i have never had any sort of cues to before i i, I can't recall anything in this particular life that is, has ever led me towards i mean you know with the exception of being fully in love with watching little house on the prairie when i was a kid but i don't think it had anything to do with with being a a drunk delivery boy with a gambling problem i really don't um i mean uh, you know it's like it, i wasn't expecting that at all there are right. certain things that have come up that i fully expected right. <laughs> i had I had no clue that that was a life that I had ever led or that that was going to come up, but I was truly fascinated by being struck on the back of the head. And, and yeah, you know, you, it's, it's like anything else, especially, I think, especially if, if you're an empathetic person, if you're an empath, if, if you know that you're already one of those people that, you know, can watch somebody in pain and feel their pain, especially then yeah i know that if i see somebody else getting hurt that i am deeply going to feel that hurt that's that's already in me well and i think it goes beyond for you at least in your case it goes beyond being an empath you're a physical medium mhm you I mean, I know that's, that's part of how you pick up psychic information is in your physical body so um even if you're an empath you you might not pick it up as strongly as jamie does because it really kind of depends on how how the information is best delivered to you yeah. and only your higher self is going to know that if you come in for a session or attempt um a meditation in that direction as long as you're coming in with no expectations we can't stress it enough because what happens is people will come for a session and they will have heard other people's experiences and they'll be like, okay, well, clearly this person knows what they're doing. So they're going to be able to give me that experience because past life regression now looks like this person's experience to me. If mm -hmm. you come in with that, it could hinder you from having a much more profound experience than you could ever imagine because you have tried to pigeonhole yourself. It's like putting someone else's clothes on. They may look good mm -hmm. on you, but they're not going to fit you. They're not made for you. You can come in without any expectations and be given a tailor-made suit to your specifications, or you can come in and request someone else's suit, <laughs> essentially. And find out that it is very ill-fitting. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, but at the same time, I think, you know, as don't, don't throw away what seems like a very small detail either, because I know there are also times when I've come in and I maybe have not had the grand experience that I had had in a previous session. And maybe at that moment, I kind of didn't know what the takeaway was exactly. But give a day, give a month, give a few months, and all of a sudden, boom. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like being hit with a ton of bricks and you're like, oh, that's what that was about. That little thing, that thing that I was willing to brush aside and think, eh, well, you know, they all can't be winners, I guess. Mm -hmm. Shrug. Mm -hmm. And then that little piece of information, that little nugget that didn't seem so grand in the moment was a huge key. And that's what we were just talking about is keys. The like new door. You, yeah. yeah. And, you, and, and the keys, it's like sleeper information. You know, mm -hmm. they're setting you up. That's why it's so important when you, come, when you go for a session, um, especially if you're talking about QHHT, which is quantum healing hypnosis technique. It was a technique pioneered by Dolores Cannon. That's what I learned first. And when you go in for a QHHT session, your facilitator will say, it's very important that you listen to this recording. And it's kind of a difficult thing to do. Admittedly, even it was difficult for me. I'm a freaking facilitator. And when I finally had my regression done, I was like, I don't want to listen to it. I remember the whole thing. <laughs> but <laughs> it is important that you listen to it because it is encoded with keys. 
Things yeah. that you were not paying attention to the first time around will come to the forefront because you will have processed and worked through whatever information was in the, the limelight prior to that. And when you re-listen to that recording, you will find new information unlocking itself for you. And oh, not yeah. listening to that recording, it's just like, okay, well, I guess you didn't want to get a, as much out of it as as we thought, you know, that well, there is a little bit yeah. what? What? And I've, uh, well, and just thinking like I've listened to recordings like a year later, a year and a half later, mm-hmm. three years later, and went, oh, <laughs> 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 that wasn't something that I put together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy cow. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, I mean, that's, these are, I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm too much of a cheerleader. <laughs> but at other times I feel like I'm not like I'm not cheerleading enough. It's like I I don't know. I just I can't I I can't quite put into words just how much it can actually facilitate. Mm-hmm. Like I I know there are quite a few things that I would have continued to be hung up on had this not just you know kind of laid everything out on the table. And gave me a way to to look at things, you know, from a different perspective. It's like trying to put a puzzle together where when you don't know where the pieces are. Like, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. How do you do that? You can't. So for me, this was like, you know, each experience was like a little piece of the puzzle. And after you know all of this time i have been able to spread them out and put them together and now the picture looks so much different because i can understand kind of where the hang-ups are and you know where i can see where the patterns are i can see you know what things kept repeating themselves and and kind of got the opportunity to go back and ask myself well why though mm-hmm. why that particular pattern um and just see it from from various angles and see like oh in this last time i was looking at it from you know this perspective and in this lifetime i did it again but it was from this perspective And I think it also gives you the opportunity for, you know, in, in certain cases where there might be a level of guilt or shame about something in particular, this gives you the opportunity to see it and with enough perspective to help lift that shame and guilt. You Mm can, I, I, I've been able to release so much judgment over things because I can have empathy for these other versions of myself. I can see what they were going through and why they made the choices that they made. And I can release that. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge part of the healing too, that yeah. I, I don't know would have been available to me any other way. I mean, you know, I'm sure eventually I would have figured it out somehow but it's it's such a great tool um you know and it happens to be one of the tools that's available to us here and as we've talked before we kind of have to work with the tools that we're being given here because you know as as much as our guides can help us and spirit can help us there's a lot that we have to do from this plane, from this particular space where we're in and being able to view some of these things um, is just, in, it's incredibly helpful and in, in mm. a way that I don't know that I'll fully ever be able to articulate. 
Well, and chances are a lot of you out there who have not gone to the trouble of doing any sort of meditation or haven't put any energy towards the work of past lives or discovering them have already experienced pieces of past lives and just are unaware of it. Oh, it yeah. Could be, it could be in the form of um, illness, reoccurring mm -hmm. illness, reoccurring dreams, um, physical manifestations in the body like neck pain, shoulder pain, I have bad knees, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, also, I know that my first glimpses of past lives were really when I met certain people. Mm -hmm. That's there a were big certain one. people in my life that I met that I knew instantly were important to me. And as I continued having a relationship with these people, I had visuals unveiled to me about what that lifetime that is attracting me to that person looked like. And in fact, yeah. those lifetimes come back repeatedly. Like when I decide that it's something that interests me, like I had one person I met who I was just absolutely, I loved him. I loved him so much and it came out of nowhere. And I had a memory that he was the neighbor, <laughs> essentially, and it was the South and neighbors didn't mean right next door. It meant, you know, down the road, down maybe miles away. But we were, we grew up as, as um, friends, I guess. And as we became older, the friendship started to evolve into a deeper love. But the story was that his father wanted the properties, our property and his property to be joined and in order for that to happen, I was to marry his other son. <laughs> and I didn't have any say in the matter. But I remember clearly that this person is what got me. He sort of caused my awakening in that lifetime. And by awakening, I meant, I mean that I didn't, I, I felt clearly when I started experiencing that lifetime that I did not, that part of me or that aspect of me or that version of me had been raised with slavery mm. and didn't question it. It just was. I didn't have any moral qualms about it. And he is the one who started awakening me to the unfairness of the world and how that shouldn't be happening. And then what ended up happening was he had to go off to fight in the war. His father actually made sure he went off to fight in the war to get him out of the way. And while he was gone, I was married to the other brother. Mm. And when he came back, of course, I was bogged down with babies. <laughs> I remember answering the door with at inconsiderably less uh, auspicious circumstances, kind of answering the door with my hair was a mess and I had like a baby on a hip, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. we, we, we did not do well in the war. <laughs> and um, I had a baby on one hip and I answered the door and I almost didn't recognize him because his hair was all grown out and he had a big old burly beard. And I was like, well, what are you? Like who? Oh my God. And when I realized it was him, I wanted to talk to him, but when he saw me, he realized how much had moved on. Like I had moved on, everything had changed, life had moved on without him. Yeah. And he had already felt that way. And so he went off and I actually did ask the guides, I'm like, what became of him in that lifetime? And what I got was he went up to Canada and became a fur trapper. <laughs> it was very kind of specific, but as you do. Historically you know. accurate answer, yes. <laughs> and um and I met him again in this lifetime, and it was just – it was kismet all over again, much to the chagrin of some people in my life. Um, and the reason I bring that up is because this morning I was watching uh, someone I follow on YouTube, a channel called Restoration Nation, and I was watching one of their videos, and they were giving a walkthrough of a house in Natchez, Mississippi that was mm. a plantation house, cotton plantation. And um, I don't think I can say it without crying, but – as I was walking through this house, the woman who was giving the tour was a descendant of the second owners, mm. and it had stayed in their house till today, um, or stayed in their family, sorry, till now. 
And she was just, she was a treasure. She was so awesome. Miss Marjorie, you're, if, if you ever hear this, you're a delight. And she was giving the um, tour of the house and talking about how the Union troops had commandeered their front lawn. And then at one point there was a skirmish on the property and they had shot up the house. And I was watching this and I was emotional about it as they were mm -hmm. walking through this empty house with this woman I don't know, talking about people I don't know. But there was something either so familiar to it for me from a past life or it, you know, I don't know if it was the house. I don't know, but there was a could have lot. been just a situation that was it could so have been, close. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, if it wasn't. And the funny thing is, is that the family who ended up buying the house after the first family that lived there um, was from Louisiana mm. and had things from Louisiana, which my background, my mom and grandma were from Louisiana. So um, all of that, I just, I could feel there was a mixture of things happening. I could feel the sorrow of the family that lived there as I watched through the screen. I was connected to this place in a mm -hmm. way that went beyond. Like Dolores Cannon always used to say, when you're in a session, you can't fake the tears. No. Once the tears come, that's not that's not faking anymore. You're not fooling yourself. You're not kidding yourself. You're not faking it. Once the tears start, and I was literally in the kitchen making breakfast and weeping <laughs> as I was watching this mansion tour. And I watch this channel all the time. They do tours all the time. And I haven't had that experience um, until today. So it can happen like that for you. Yeah. And your responsibility to yourself is to not talk yourself out of it. Yeah. And that's yeah. difficult. Well, yeah, sometimes it's it's definitely hard, but at the same time, it's, um, I think if you're, if you're unsure on whether you are, or if you are afraid that you're going to make stuff up, when the experience happens, you know right away that that is truth and that you are in one way or another, highly connected to whatever that is. Um, and I've had people, I've had people who were pixies and had entire lifetimes that they were talking about and knew people from the pixie lifetime or the fairy lifetime. I've had unicorns. I've had dragons. I've had, I've had everything. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, the elemental thing is is really interesting because I think that's another one that people are are both highly tied to, mm -hmm. and you know they could be ha living a completely plain Jane life, and yet things will come up in that realm that they are like completely enamored or fascinated by, and they will completely dive into that headfirst, feed in like all all in um don't be surprised when you have little inklings like that or when you have you know a, an experience where you have a session where something like that comes up just because we label something in this time in this place as a myth you know uh people in the um you know let's let's pull a number out of the air here people in the 1600s i'm sure weren't thinking about dinosaurs <laughs> <laughs> you know and yet we have an entire you know entire museums devoted to them now <laughs> which we according know to some people dinosaurs are still myth <laughs> and that is their choice exactly. um, <laughs> but you know it's like there there is a certain level of openness that that you will eventually get to if if you continue down this road and there will be lots of things that will surprise you there will be a lot of things that you Will find yourself stopping and shaking your head and going i i don't know if i can if i can be okay with that mm -hmm. that you will you know eventually shake loose from that idea because there will just be something continually pulling you towards it that you're like okay 
I can't deny that anymore. That's a thing. <laughs> there will be eventually a smoking gun. And it might just be a smoking gun because it's you've had the message delivered so many times in so many different ways that you can't deny it anymore. So whatever that final time of delivery is, that ends up being the thing. Or you will have a deeply profound experience that you were in, entirely not expecting. Either way, there will be a smoking gun that will get you to release your death grip on your skepticism. Dude, my connection with the Titanic. Oh, that gosh. one took for freaking ever for me mm -hmm. to wrap my head around. And I could not, I could not let go of it. And at the same time, I could not wrap my head around it because it, it was just, things were just never quite right. Like, I remember when the movie Titanic, even before the movie Titanic came out. Come on, let's. I, I was born in 1976. So I grew up with the Poseidon Adventure. Yeah. I remember watching the Poseidon Adventure over and over and over again and just being glued to the TV, watching this incident happen and feeling like I had some sort of tie to something like that. Anytime I saw anything, with a big ship or, you know, or something maritime like that, I was completely glued to it. And then, of course, living in Southern California and as you do as a kid and going to the Queen Mary, it was like that was even more of a jolt of, oh, there's something in here. Same. And then, you know, when we started investigating again, it was like, wow. And then the movie Titanic comes out, you know, somewhere. What When did it came out in... That was late 90s. So it was before we started doing a lot of our work on the Queen Mary. But I remember seeing that movie over and over and over again. And it wasn't because I had a, you know, a deep dividing love for Leonardo DiCaprio, even though I think he's <laughs> lovely. Um, I was so fascinated and angry. I was angry mm -hmm. watching that movie. Mm -hmm. Every time I, there were times when, and it was so funny because I'm not a I'm not an aggressive person. <laughs> I am I am I am not a person that wants to throw punches. Um I don't necessarily always connect with a with a masculine aggressive portion of myself. But watching that movie there were definitely many times where I could feel that sort of male aggression bubbling up in me where I literally wanted to put my hand through the screen and throttle somebody and just beat them bloody <laughs> over either something that they were saying or something that they were doing. And I was so enraged. And then at the same time, watching, watching the ship go down, so sad so heartbroken so guilty so shameful there were so many emotions just dripping off of me that i was like there has to be a thing to this so for the longest time i thought andrews okay the the connection has to be with andrews because those were the scenes that usually and andrews he was, wasn't um, for those who so, don't know so Andrews was the uh, if you remember the movie, and Andrews went down with the with a ship, fixing the clock. He was one of the builders. One of he was connected to the building of and one of the the designers of the ship. However, um, when I put my my little history hat on and started really getting into the um you know the the details of how the ship came to be uh there was another individual that actually had a great deal of um the initial building and design work um and i cannot remember his last name at the moment i'd have to look it up it wasn't um, ismay no, it wasn't Ismay. Oh. Oh, no, Ismay is who I wanted to throw Oh, that's over. right. Oh, okay. Put my fancy-dancy uh, Googling skills to work. 
No, that's not him. Gosh darn it. Okay, anyway, to, for for the sake of uh, getting on with it, we'll look it up and, and put it in the, um, I'll put it in the... Insights? Notes into the insights, yeah. Anyway, there was another gentleman that came in before Andrews did um, that actually was on the project first and did a lot of the initial schematics and um, designing of the ship. And Andrews actually came in fairly late in the game. He was only he was only part of it for I want to say like the last maybe six to nine months of the process before it actually launched. And so he was the one that was tied to it. He was the the face of it. He was connected to it. But this other gentleman had put quite a bit of time and effort into it beforehand. And basically kind of ended up getting kind of the shaft um, because there were a lot of, there was a lot of headbutting. But again, the sort of things that he was fighting for were the same sort of things that Andrews was repeating and going, look, these are things that we need to do. These are, you know, again, with things like the lifeboats and, you know, they're just, there was a lot of conflict. And the minute I, I saw a picture of him and I saw, I actually was watching a special on Titanic and the building of Titanic. And I saw his workspace and I immediately broke down. And even right now, just thinking about it. Um, because some of the tools that they were showing I remember hearing the guy that was kind of doing the special say, you know, we have some of these tools here. We don't know who they belong to or if any of them were actually used, but they were left in the building. And I started shaking my head. I'm like, yeah, they were mine. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's the kind of emotion that you can experience as a result of remembering past lives. But as you experience it, and you feel your way through it and you allow yourself to release it through tears, that turns back the clock sort of on the emotional baggage that is passed on not only through, you know, it can it can turn back the clock on emotional baggage that's passed on through the bloodline, the ancestral DNA, and it can also turn back the clock and release unhealed wounds from your past selves that weren't necessarily directly related by blood and and yourself in present time because there are definitely correlations mm -hmm. i can think of things that i've gone through in this lifetime where again i wasn't heard where i was kind of kicked out of a spot that you know it it was because there was headbutting involved and maybe they didn't agree with the way i did things or with my thoughts about certain things and um, you know, just having the ability to see that in something like that in such, you know, a huge and powerful way and be able to say to yourself, I don't want to go through that again. That's not something that I want to experience again. Um, and being able to give that portion of yourself, that energy that you're connected to the kind of love and compassion that they deserve that maybe they didn't get in that moment. That's part of the healing. That mm -hmm. is part of that generational and, and ancestral healing that, that you speak of. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like in, in the last, you know, like month or so, I've really been stuck on this term of the multidimensional ancestral self. And that's kind of what I'm speaking to all of these little fragments, all these little pieces of yourself that you are collecting and bringing back into the whole. And once it's healed, what you're left with are really these amazing amazing um 
just this amazing catalog of knowledge and skills and really great energy from really amazing pieces of yourself. You know, if I think about this guy, I'm like, wow, look at all the things that he accomplished. Look at all those things that he did. Look at what he designed. Look what he built, you know, and had things gone differently, you know, and, and honestly, had things stayed the same, I, I still think this man, because of what happened, you know, this is where we gained all of our regulations about sailing from was this accident, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> this accident that happened over 100 years ago, made it possible for that community to say, we will never lose people in that way. Again, mm-hmm. not like that. We will well, make sure that there are provisions. And I think that's part of what makes Titanic so um, poignant even to this day for so many people. Why so many people have a seeming fascination out of nowhere yeah. with this ship. It's because it was designed to change the world and mm-hmm. not in the way that the creators thought it would, <laughs> obviously. Mm-hmm. But there is, um, it had people from all walks of life no one was spared the tragedy yeah. and it was in many ways a great equalizer and yeah. it it's when i was little i had the same thing as you did when i heard about titanic and i don't even know how i heard about titanic it could have been on one of the magazine shows where they were just maybe it was an anniversary i i don't remember the first time i heard about titanic but i know that i knew about it prior to being in kindergarten because when i was in kindergarten we took a field trip to the queen mary mm-hmm. kindergarten or maybe first second grade somewhere in there we took a field trip to the queen mary and i thought it was the titanic and they had to explain to me that it wasn't titanic because i didn't want to go on it because i was afraid it would sink and I didn't even want to go see the Statue of Liberty in third grade because I was afraid the ferry would sink on the way to I like I had a serious phobia of ship sinking yeah and I knew about the Titanic from a very early age and was fascinated by it from an early age like I had this feeling they have to find it they have to find it and I didn't, I couldn't explain to you why. I didn't know why. I just knew that I had some connection to it. I always believed that I had past lives since I was very, very small. I just believed that I just, that was just the way the world worked. It was never a question for me. So I just assumed that I had some attachment to Titanic or something along those lines. Now I believe it's probably one of her sister ships or one of the Canarders. Um, it yeah. might not have even gone down. You know, I might not have even been on a sinking ship, but I Mauritania, Lusitania, Britannia. Yeah, it <laughs> could have could have been any of them. And I don't know which one, but I do know that I had an incredible phobia of the water, an incredible uh, respect that would have turned into a phobia had they forced me into the ocean too early. <laughs> um, and an incredible unease about big ocean liners. Or rather, any yeah. ship, now that I think about it. So that's not coincidence. That came from somewhere. Little kids don't, they don't, they're not birthed into the planet with these fears unless those fears came from somewhere. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to find out where it came from? Why wouldn't you want to discover what that history was that you're connected to? And then the only way you're going to do that is to stop talking yourself out of allowing the belief in that. Exactly. So let's say somebody is really seriously thinking about having a session done. What are the what are the sort of things that you suggest? Like what would be the first steps? What would you know, is there a checklist that you should kind of go down for yourself? Is there a like what do you suggest as far as that goes? I believe that when someone is looking to have a session, that they're going to get the session they need regardless. So I don't have a huge checklist of things. It helps if you have experienced meditation before. It helps if you've experienced even guided meditation before. Um, the only thing I would say, and this this is something you can say over and over till you're blue in the face and we already have, 
And until it lands, it doesn't land, <laughs> which is release your expectations of what that session is going to be like. That is your best friend. Regardless of how you're going to accomplish your regression, your best friend is to release expectations. Because, and this is this goes for all aspects of your life, releasing expectations. Because when you have an expectation, you are essentially focusing all your energy on a very tiny spot. And that is not receptive. You have yeah. to be receptive. And to be receptive, you have to open yourself up and look around and be in a, a frame of mind that will allow you to intake whatever is coming in. Because sometimes a regression can be, you know, I had one regression with a family member who she all she saw was black at first. This is very common. A lot of people just see black and they think it's nothingness. But there's a point to the blackness. There's always a point to everything you get. It's all symbolism. And there's always a point. And so she was seeing black. And I kept on just sort of trying to lead her to the nuances of this blackness that she was in. And it's not always about what you're seeing. Sometimes it's about what you're feeling. How does the blackness feel? Where do you feel things in your body? Can you associate any emotions with the blackness? Is there a reason for the blackness? And finally, after about, I don't know, a half an hour of sort of trying to explore the nuances of this blackness, she realized that the blackness was darkness and that when there was light anywhere in it, it was red. And she realized that her guides had put her in the womb. And the mm. reason they put her in the womb was because she's always go, 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 like nonstop. I have Seriously, never been around anyone who moves as much as she does. It, it, she's constantly talking, constantly doing. She moves a mile a minute. I literally, while I was visiting her, I was like, what am I wa watching? What, what am I witnessing right now? She's like a whole hive of bees in one body. And the message that came through was you need to slow down. You yeah. need to start observing more. You're missing life. We put you in the womb so that you could start to slow down and observe. You're just missing too much. And once she got that message, her whole session opened up and she was she came out of the womb and was birthed into Egypt and had a whole lifetime in Egypt after that. Amazing. Wow. Amazing. That and is I amazing. was really I was starting to lose hope that. I could not guide her out of that blackness. Knowing that it had a message for her, I didn't I couldn't see enough from my end to think of how to get her to question it. Cuz that's what it's all about. It's about when you are met with something in a regression situation or even a meditative situation, a regular meditation or a guided meditation, when you are met with something that you can't figure out, you have to figure out new ways of questioning it. What are you? Who are you? Does it smell like anything? Does it feel like anything? Can you feel it physically in the body? Do you feel embraced by it? Do you feel repelled by it? All of these nuances, that's where the exploration comes in. Like, do you so, hear anything? Is anything, yes. you know, it's, are there, is there, are, do you see any words floating? Are there any color, more colors available? You know, does it feel like earth? <laughs> What's the temperature? This is how you start exploring those things. Yeah. So I would say find someone you're totally comfortable with or as comfortable as you can be. Release all your expectations of what it's going to feel or be like. And trust that whatever message comes through is exactly what you need. Because it would have never occurred to this person that they were doing too much or moving too fast. Because yeah. that's how they were. They would never question that. And the only way to get her to question that is to stop her. You know, and I am sure there were probably times when, like, you know, just as part of the ritual of going to sleep, that there were probably times when she closed her eyes and it was nothing but darkness and calm and she would just drift herself to sleep, which would ultimately was probably the whole point. Again, it was a slow down, stop moving, 
you know, but I'm sure that in other ways, she was probably receiving this information already and just couldn't grasp it. It was like, well, I'm just going to sleep. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Like, what's the big deal? But the more you do this type of work, like for me, especially like, I don't, I don't know what the average is for most people out there, you know, who, who have had this sort of experience. I, I don't know what the average amount of sessions are. So I, I can't speak to that. I don't, I don't know what normal people do. Um, I, I'm, I am going to guess that I am probably in that realm of not normal, but <laughs> yeah. I will tell you one of the things that, that I have gained from it is that because I know what that looks like, because I know what that feels like, because I know the value of it, it is a lot easier for me to facilitate certain things on my own where Absolutely. certain things will pop up. And instead of questioning it and going, am I making it up? I don't know. What does this mean? You know, instead of getting so caught up in it that it floats away, Immediately, I'm like, oh, let's sit. I, I grab the popcorn. I, I grab the virtual popcorn and I just start, let's see what this is. <laughs> and I've had some of the most unique experiences, even on my own, after that, that I was like, you know, where I'm seeing something and I'm like, is that a thing? <laughs> I don't even know if that's and I'm a history person and I'm an anthropology person. So there's a lot of things that I am privy to that I've been like, was that a thing in history ever? Because I don't remember ever learning about a thing like that. And then looking it up and going, holy shit, that is a thing. <laughs> I am so not making that up. Wow, that was an experience. If you want to hear more about past lives, uh, let us know. Uh, what do you want to hear? What do you want us to talk about? What questions do you have? What can we help you with? Or what stories do you have to tell us? Enlighten us by all means. Um, oh, and yeah. if, if you want to see what Jamie's, one of Jamie's past selves look like, and you're not already following us on Instagram, we did just post that this week. Uh, so go back, follow us on Instagram, and uh, you can see what, what one of Jamie's past selves looked like. One of the names that she got. And don't expect that to happen every time, ladies and gentlemen, because that's, <laughs> an, that's an anomaly. Yeah, it that's really pretty is. fucking unusual. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that blew me away. But, um, but since we have yeah. it, we, we thought, hell, we should post it. That's pretty freaking interesting. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, and if you want to hear more past life stories, let us know. I have lots of them. Just <laughs> tons of them. Tons of them. What era would you like to know from? I right. will, uh, you know, I can pick through the Rolodex. Um, Give me a year, any year. <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially if it's anything like between the like, I want to say late 1600s to early 1900s. Man, I have lots of those. I had lots of walk on, <laughs> walk off roles during that time. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh and, yeah and what oh yeah what i was just thinking that's another thing that we didn't talk about that we can definitely talk about on what? upcoming episodes the whole thing of having just a walk-on role if you've never heard that term oh. before that is a thing that is a real thing it is yeah and it can um, mess you up for a minute <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything to add to that one. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to take the lead on that one because I don't really. I'm not uh, tuned into any walk-ons. Yeah. Myself. Um, but if you guys are interested in getting to know us a little better, in meeting other people who are also like us and you, we do a meetup the Saturday after we release a show, and it's pretty fun. So if you want to hang out with us a little bit on a Saturday. Uh, you can check us out on our Discord. It's free. It's available to everybody. And we list links both on Patreon and Instagram. And other than that, uh, I guess we're done here. And you guys have a great week. Absolutely. And I think that will be, I think that Saturday will end up being April 1st. So oh, no full you. one. No full <laughs> one. We'll be there at noon. <laughs> awesome. All right, y'all. Thanks for joining us once again. And we will see you next time.